picture here. Uh, it was joking around with 9 o'clock and some of them were joking around with me. Yes, I am, in fact, still the minister here, even though I had to travel a bunch of places in the last two weeks. So we went, since I've preached, we've gone to uh, New York for fun. I've gone to Junaluska for confirmation and Nashville to learn how to run a computer system. And I'll tell you that I'm grateful to be home. I like being home. I like going to those places, but um, when you're happy to come back to your church and back to your community, uh, that's a big deal, and I'm happy to come back. A um, couple of announcements before we get started. Exploring membership classes happen on the first Sunday of every month at 10 o'clock. If you're interested in joining our church, we encourage you to come to those classes. If you've recently joined our church, uh, we encourage you to come to our classes. Um, we had a large group join us in December, and we're going to have another large group on May 15th. So if you're interested in joining with that group, I encourage you to come uh, to the first Sunday in May and also to uh, look up on your calendar um, to uh, see if you can join at either uh, 9 or 11 uh, on May 15th. Um, confirmation last weekend was perfect. Uh, we have asked y'all to pray for our trip. The kids had uh, amazing attitudes and the leaders had uh, great music and uh, thoughtful things to share with the children. Uh, we had pretty good weather and uh, just a perfect experience and uh, was grateful and wanted to share that with you. Uh, our mission and service worship theme continues today. Um, each week we have a different agency uh, that you've seen. We've had um, Favor talking about alcohol awareness. Uh, we've had uh, Brett Clay Camp from the church talk about the Upstate Warriors solution, um, talking about how we can help soldiers. And today, uh, our own Harriet Johnson is talking about the American Cancer Society and the uh, um, Relay for Life. So each week it'll be a different thing, and um, the scripture uh, will be around that particular event, and today I hope that is the case as well. Um, we want you to note that the flowers today are given in honor and memory of Tom Hammond. If you'll um, note the flowers, they're beautiful um, up on the altar this morning. We have a special guest today, and uh, Leanna uh, Morris is going to do the introductions because she's had a tremendous impact in his arrival, as have you. Good morning. My, ooh, am I working? Good morning. My name is Leanna Morris. I'm the interim children's minister here at Memorial. And we have a special guest. I had been talking about it a few weeks ago. Um, Bishop Mushtag from Pakistan. Back in 2013, we did the fundraiser <laughs> to build a church in Pakistan. And he started that church. And so he's here with us. And he'll be at the back at the end of the service with Joe if you would like to say hello to him. Thank you. <laughs> I believe that's all of our announcements, so let's uh, begin with our worship service. <laughs>
our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From then she shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, 
the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Now I'm going to invite the children forward for the children's sermon with Miss Marnie. Y'all doing okay? Good. Okay. Oh, sorry, man. I'm sorry. Did I step on your toe? Sorry. Okay. This morning, we are going to read, or I'm going to read to you guys. We're going to talk about, do you know a book in the Bible called Deuteronomy? Do you know where it is? It is in the front or the back? It's in the front. Yeah, it's towards the beginning. That's good. Yeah, it was in the, it's towards the beginning of the Bible, okay? There's lots of books in the Bible, but today we're going to choose to read from something in the front of the Bible, okay? So this is the Old Testament. And I'm just going to paraphrase it because it's eight, it's eight verses long, so I'm not going to read all of it. But basically what it's talking about is Moses is telling the Israelites that he is getting a little too old. Did you know how old he was at this time? A hundred and twenty. Do you know anybody that's 120? I don't either. My grandmother will turn 95 next week, so that's close to 120, sort of, right? Kind of close, but that's the, that's, he was old. He was ready to retire. He was ready to be done. And he was telling them that he was getting too old to lead them to Jordan, which was their promised land. So God had told Moses that he would go before him and get things ready and take care of everything. And he told him in verse 6, he told him, he said, be strong and courageous. What does courageous mean? Brave, right? Right? It means brave. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. Okay, so he's with them. Well, then Moses told all the people, he said that Joshua, in front of everybody, he told them, he said that Joshua was going to lead you guys now. Do you think Joshua was, was a, might be a little afraid? He might have been. If somebody said, okay, listen up, you're going to lead all these people out here. Would you be just a little bit afraid? Maybe I would be because I'm terrified about being up here, okay? So <laughs> it, it, was, it's, it might be just a little afraid. Well, guess what Moses said to him and to everybody else? He said, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Now, in a few minutes, Miss Harriet's going to come up and talk to us about something called Relay for Life. Do you know what a relay is? If you're in a relay race, what does that mean? You're running, right? Relay. <laughs> yeah, some people run for money, right? But if you're in a relay, you're going to run with a team, right? You have a team, and you're going to pass. Yep. So with, with the Relay for Life, that night we're going to walk, and we're going to pass off, and everybody's going to get to walk. But do you know how it got started? There was one man. Okay, there was one man, and his name was Dr. Gordy, okay, and in 1985, he decided to walk and run for 24 hours, 24 hours, that's all day and all night, he walked and ran for that long, do you know how many miles he ran and walked, 80, it was almost a million, it was 83.6 miles, that's like driving to Clemson, like a Clemson football game, and back to Greer, that's like us walking there and back. It's a pretty long way, isn't it? Anybody ever been to a Clemson game? Maybe. 
I know, or game, I'm, I'm a Gamecock fan, but some of you may have been to Clemson, yes, so that's about the same amount of time as walking there and back. So 83.6 miles that night. While he was walking, he thought, you know, I could get other people involved in this. And he envisioned teams working together. Because would you like to go out and walk 83 miles with me? That would be hard to get people to do that. But if you could say, would you like to go out and walk a couple of laps around the track with me? Would you like to do that? Could you do that? Yeah, we could do that, right? So he said he'd like to envision teams working together. And the next year, he had about 19 teams that came out. And this year, do you know how many teams we're going to have? I'm asking you on the spot. Uh, about 25. About 25 teams just here in Greer. And this Relay for Life is done all over the nation. And what they're doing is raising money for research for cancer, okay? So we're helping to raise money for the doctors to learn how to stop people from getting cancer and once they do, to help them to get better. Does that sound like a good idea? Yeah, that's something. So if we look at Moses was a leader, right? And then he had to get help from Joshua because he was getting, he was ready to, to lay it down, right? He was ready to give it over to Joshua. And Dr. Gordy, in this story from Relay for Life, needed to get help from other people to raise more money because it's hard to walk 83 miles. So today, if you will take home with you from this, that just one person can start something and it can get huge. Does that sound good? Maybe you could be that one person for something? Does that sound like a good idea? Okay, and then we'll listen to Miss Harriet talk about Relay. Good morning. <clears throat> Since 1946, the American Cancer Society has been fighting cancer. And through generous contributors like you, the American Cancer Society raises money to fund research for cures and to provide services for cancer patients and the caregivers. We know that the research is saving lives and improving patient care, but there remains much to learn. Research in, the last, in less than 20 years has saved 1.5 million lives, but there are more to save. So we continue to give. Your giving also supports the free programs and services offered by the American Cancer Society. In Greenville alone last year, uh, 765 patients were served. And it is through these programs and these services that we can volunteer our time and our talents. Did you know that you can volunteer to drive patients to and from their cancer treatments? The program is called Road to Recovery. Call the office and say, well, I can do that. I can drive. Did you know that as a breast cancer survivor that you could meet with, on a one-to-one -one -one basis, meet with newly diagnosed cancer, breast cancer patients and give them encouragement and hope? This is called Reach to Recovery. So call the office and say, well, I can do that. Did you know that as a cosmetologist that you could lead a workshop with cancer patients who are struggling with changes in their hair and changes in their skin and they need some guidance. So they can be a part of the Look Good, Feel Good program. Call the office and say, I can do that. I can help with that. You can also be a part of a support group for patients or for caregivers. You could also work in the American Cancer Society office in Greenville, answering the phone, assembling packets for meetings, or writing thank you notes. These are things that we can do if this is your skills base or your interest. But the thing that Memorial has enjoyed doing and believes in doing for many years now is being a part of Relay for Life. And as Marnie is talking about, and as many of you know, it's about walking. It's about walking laps. 
and for the laps that you walk, you're saying, okay, I'm here to raise funds to say I support putting an end to cancer. The event for Greer is May the 13th. Memorial has a team. If you'd like to join that team, you can go online and register, or you can give Beth a call in the office or give me a call, and we'll put your name on the list. The event is at Dooley Field, the football stadium for the high school, and it starts at 6 o'clock on a Friday evening and ends at 12. Now, we used to walk for 12 hours, 6 o'clock in the morning to the 6 o'clock in the evening to 6 o'clock in the morning. But we, and then some communities walk 24 hours. But we have discovered that in Greer we must be a sleepy town because we like to go to bed and we like to be home around midnight. But no matter, because we get a lot done in that amount of time. You come, it's a community event, it's a child-friendly event, there'll be bouncy houses and other entertainment and activities that you can participate in. There are very inspiring ceremonies. Um, if you could be there at six o'clock for the Survivor's Lab, and we, as we have a campsite there, you stand at the campsite and as the survivors pass by, we cheer, we praise, we, we say prayers of thanksgiving for them, for their being there. This is a part of our celebrating. We come to Relay to celebrate cancer survivors. We also come to Relay to remember our loved ones who lost their battles with cancer. And to do that, you can <clears throat> make a donation and have a luminary bag on the track and it will be decorated with the names of your loved ones in honor of, in memory of. And seeing all of these with candles inside of them, lighting the track, is very inspiring and very much a um, time that we can say, let's do something about cancer. And it's also a time for us to fight back. The raising funds, gives us hope for a cure and the research. We're offering prayers for a cure and we're offering those donations to help the cancer patients in their day-to-day -day, um, struggle. Your donations make the American Cancer Society possible. Your presence as a volunteer encourages patients to courageously face each day. And your prayers remind God that we, as cancer patients, as cancer patient caregivers, and as volunteers, need his loving embrace.
Today's scripture reading is from Psalm 9, verses 1 through 10. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will tell you all your wonders. I will be glad to rejoice in you. I will sing praise your name, O Most High. My enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before you. For you have upheld my right and my cause. You have sat down on your throne, judging righteously. You have rebuked the nations and, and destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. Endless ruin has overtaken the enemy. You have uprooted their cities. Even the memory of them has perished. The Lord reigns forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He will judge in the world in righteousness. He will govern the peoples with justice. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed. He is a stronghold of times of trouble. Those who know your name will trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. For the word of God, for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are aware that our lives are full of transitions. Some of them large, some of them small, some of them happy, some of them sad. At times they make us angry, at times they make us scared. But in all of our transitions, Lord, those that we bring with us into this space, those of which we sing, those of which we read and proclaim, we want to express our gratitude for your presence. That you're willing to hear our anger, our sadness, our joy, our anxiety. Lord, as we read these texts today and we hear of your grace going before the people, of your idea for their path for the future, but of their choice whether to take it or not, help us to understand that this is our story. And just as the disciples asked Jesus, how should we pray? We ask. And just as the disciples prayed, we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's now time for our tithes and other offerings. I encourage you to pass the attendance sheet to the outside of your pew. And if you would like us to contact you in any way, if you'll simply indicate that.
please be seated. Harriet, thank you for sharing with us. Um, I said in nine o'clock, I, I don't feel it's likely that you'll hear of eight different agencies and then say, I'm gonna go serve and give and do everything in those all eight of those agencies. Um, but I think it's very likely uh, that you have been impacted by one, that you have a family member that may be impacted by one. You may not have been aware of them and can introduce a family member to them or yourself. But I want you to be aware of all these tremendous agencies that surround us and the way in which they serve the community. With Relay for Life in mind, I turn to Deuteronomy 31, starting with verse 8. And you can find that on page 321 in your pew Bible. And as always, I'll be reading parts of it. So I encourage you, if you like to read along, to keep your Bible out. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I'm now 120 years old, and I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So they're crossing over water again, or they're about to. You remember the very first time this group crossed over a major body of water? Moses said, you know, I think we ought to go. Then they had several plagues. Then Pharaoh said, yeah, I think you ought to go too. And they go out and they're surrounded by mountains and a body of water you could never cross. And then Pharaoh says, you know what, I, don't, I really don't think you all ought to go. How about we get all of our soldiers out there and bring you back? So at that point, when they see the soldiers coming and they see the mountains here and they see the water there, they turn to Moses and say, oh, you just wanted us to die then. You just wanted to bring us out here so that the army could come and track us down. How in the world did we believe you and find ourselves in this position? The waters are parted. You can see all sorts of versions of this in images on the internet of different, uh, throughout the centuries, different people's takes on how deep the water was or how wide the water was or what the body of water was. But the impediment that's there in front of them is gone so that they can run from the thing chasing them. This time, it's the end of the journey. And again, there's a body of water there and it's the Jordan River. But between the beginning and the end, there have been all sorts of instances where the people have said, when Moses went up the mountain to get the Ten Commandments, the people said, oh, you left us forever. Perhaps we should worship the other God. Who has some jewelry that we can melt down and worship this other God? When they run out of water and they say, oh, well, I guess uh, our time in slavery wasn't that great. You wanted to spring us out here to die of thirst. Grumpy, 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 grumpy. And in that moment, the water comes out of the rock because Moses strikes it because God asks him to. But now this man who encouraged them to leave, who led them down the path, who gave them water, who provided them food all in the name of God, has taken them to the very edge and he says, I can't, I can't go with you. And across from them is a beautiful barrier. I don't know how many of y'all have spent time in Charleston, and in so doing, how many of you have seen the Ashley River in one way or another? But you can cross over from downtown into uh, what's called West Ashley. I spent a great deal of time there, eight years of my life. Four years at the Citadel, and uh, I'm sorry, seven years. Three years serving a church in West Ashley. And the Ashley River is very special to me because of its beauty, but also because in that first year at the Citadel, even though it was my choice to go there, in fact, when I told my parents, they said, really? No one forced me to go there. 
no one really encouraged me to go there. It was my choice because I thought, I'm guessing if I go here, I'll be forced to go to class against my will, and then maybe I'll pay attention, and then maybe I'll get decent enough grades to graduate. That was my entire motivation. <laughs> I looked across, many times across the Ashley River as a freshman, at this beautiful barrier between myself and society. And I thought, I wonder what they're doing over there. Like, are they watching TV over there? Like, can they have snacks anytime they want? When do they get up on the, over there on the other side of the river? I'm thinking all these things as I'm doing jumping jacks at 6 in the morning, looking across. But I'm thinking there's some beautiful body of water that comes to mind for you that has significance for different reasons. But my goodness, water has extreme significance in the story of God and God's people and their journey. And now they've come to the edge of the water and Moses is saying, I'm going to go. Of course, he has a plan. The scripture continues, Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, just as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you and you must do to them all I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God will go with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Fascinating that he wants to reassure them and say, I'm not leaving you, because their total fear is that someone is leaving them. Moses. Now, no one was super excited about his leadership at really important parts of the story. But there's something about this person I've known this whole time who's now going to go. Interesting that he references Sion and Og. If you go home and you uh, Google King Og, you'll hear about a man who was bigger than Goliath. So if you put those three guys together... Sion, Og, and Pharaoh, you have three significant men who all wanted to crush the Israelites or impede their progress along the way from one way to another. And God references, you remember those people that we stopped you that we stopped so that you can move along? There's gonna be people on the other side of this beautiful barrier, and they're gonna to wanna to stop you from getting there too. But I'm going to do to them what I did to them. You think that would be comforting to the people? Three incredibly and powerful kings, pharaohs, were 0 for 3 versus God and and, uh, Moses. So verse 7 says, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, In the presence of all Israel, be strong and courageous. Why do you think he had to say that again? we're about to do a strange thing. We're about to do a difficult thing. We're about to have a major change in leadership as we do this difficult thing. For you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. So if you had a pie chart of this scripture passage and you looked up how, what percentage of this is trying to reassure the people it's going to be okay, what percentage is it? It's big. So when your leader says over and over and over again, it's going to be okay, be strong and courageous, don't be afraid, those intimidating people, they don't matter, be strong and courageous, I'm not leaving, we're going over there. Why do those people need to hear that so much? They're frightened. They're frightened by any sort of change. And, of course, we'd mock them mercilessly if we didn't like the fact that this street's going from four lanes to five lanes. Why does this street need to go from four lanes to five lanes? I like that when it's four lanes. In fact, I like that when it's two lanes, I have more land. You know, we, none of us like change. And in this transition, they wonder what's going to happen to them and how it's going to happen. But God says again and again, I'm going to be with you. So why choose this text when thinking about this theme for this day? 
because I wanted to juxtapose the thought that God was with them, provided for them, pushed water across, crushed kings, crushed armies so that they could walk into this place. And in 16 years of ministry, I've had a people have asked me a number of times when they had the family member that was ill, if, if God can do that, why can't God help my mother? If God can do that, why can't God help my neighbor? If God can do that, why can't God hail my sister? It's a really important question. And what people see is the scale of the action of what God did, and they figure, this is just a tiny little thing. Can you just heal my friend? But there's something really important to notice in the Scripture passage, and in most Scripture passages that cover this topic. None of them talk about immortality. They talk about God being present, regardless of who is in leadership, regardless of the location where they are, and regardless of the place that they're going. But there's two really important indicators that humans aren't immortal. One is Moses saying to the people, I can't be with you. I'm going to have to go on. But Joshua's going to be with you. And the other one is Moses saying to the people, God made this promise to your ancestors. You can't just gloss over that. What that means is this journey has been a very long journey. And some of the people who are here now were not there then. And some of the people that were there then are not here now. There's just an extended amount of time. And all of God's majesty and power and wonderful creation, God allows us to be fragile. We are fragile human beings. We just don't think about it a lot. And do we push the fragile natures of our bodies to the absolute edge all the time? Absolutely. And are there times in which our loved ones are healed when we pray for them? No question. And what do we do? We rejoice. Are there times in which our loved ones simply cannot be healed? physically no question and what do we do we look for spiritual healing relational healing of the family that's gathered around that individual the same God who has this ultimate power has a creation that is ultimately fragile and when we hear that, or we become aware of it, when someone calls us and gives us news, or pulls us aside just outside, and tells us difficult things, the thing we want to do is be scared. The thing that we want to do is everything that this text was addressing. Don't be discouraged. So what are we to do in the face of things that are after our fragile body? Well, I thought the website uh, for Relay for Life was perfect. If you go and look at it, you'll see it on the front page. And it says, we're going to do three things when we gather. We're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate the people who have fought cancer in one way, shape, or form and have pushed it down and continue with us today. It says we're going to remember those people that cancer came after them in a way that they could not fight off in this world. We're going to remember them and what they meant to us. And in that remembering, we're remembering ways that they made us feel special and the way that they impacted the community. And in so remembering, we're going to think about ways that we can live that way. And it says third, we're going to fight back. I love that the phrasing on the website, when it says fight back, it says, because you've done enough, cancer. 
You've had enough time in power, and we are coming for you, and we're going to fight back. So I think those three things are entirely critical, important in this life, in ways in which we cannot stop cancer from coming for us. We can courageous, courageously face it by doing three important things in the name of God. Celebrating. The medical staff that has spent their entire life, years, learning how to fight it and what to do, and who gives so much physically and emotionally to our fans, our, our, uh, our friends, our family, our loved ones. Remember those so dear to us and the ways in which they impacted the community and ways that we can carry that torch forward. And what God was saying to these people as they were going into a land with people who did not want them to be there, fight back. Fight with everything you have. Be strong. Be courageous. I cannot promise how many years you will have on this earth. You are not immortal. But I can promise I will be with you. And I can promise eternal life. And I can promise that I will call people up out of your community to guide you and lead you. So as you think of the walk coming up in a uh, uh, little less than a month, think of ways that you can pray for those impacted. Think of ways that you can accept the prayers and the love from others in your community knowing you have been impacted. Think of the ways that you can participate in this fight in the name of God. Let us pray. Father, we know that you understand why we are afraid or why we are discouraged. And we are grateful for your patience. Please continue to pursue us and inspire us, Lord, to be strong and courageous in your name. That others may know that if there are circumstances that cannot change, they will know we will be present with them. And that will not change either. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Please stand as you are able for our final hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. Amen.